when I was a kid, I wanted to be a performer. Actually, I wanted to be a singer and an actress. And now I'm an influencer slash entrepreneur slash many other things. Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. Hello, hello, it's Ben. I wanted to give a quick heads up that this episode was recorded before we went into quarantine. Today, I'm joined by Brooklyn Sherman. Brooklyn is the creator of the social media account, The Way We Met, which currently has over 800,000 followers between Instagram and Facebook. The platform shares the accounts of how couples met, but moreover, showcases modern-day love and relationships. Brooklyn carefully selects, produces, and publishes stories meant to expand minds, shift perspectives, and inspire the community. The Way We Met has been featured in many publications, including The Huffington Post, New York Magazine, People, Today.com, Cosmopolitan, The Wall Street Journal, a three-page spread in an issue of Glamour Magazine, and many more. Without further ado, welcome to the pod, Brooklyn. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so I for see, the intro. Of course. I see you brought Modern Love. Is it Modern Romance? Modern, modern, modern Romance. Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari. Yes. Yeah, he's like my favorite. But it's interesting because his trends that he talks about with how relationships have shifted, um, like I have kind of compared his research to my own, which is like over 10,000 email submissions now of how people have met. But it's interesting because a lot of what I read about and like read the, the stories I read about how couples met, it's in line with exactly how he says that relationships have changed. Yeah. I remember when we first met years ago, that book had just come out really? and we, we, we talked a lot about it. I yeah. don't remember that. Yeah, That's yeah, so was, funny. Yeah. I haven't yeah. like, and it's funny cause I just pulled this off my shelf and like revisited a few days oh, ago. Yeah. I haven't like, it's a fascinating it read. It's so good. Yeah. We'll yeah. come back to it before yeah. we, before we talk about that though, we always like to start with current curiosities. So something that's recently sparked your curiosity right now for me, it's improv, which is a bit of a cop out because we're recording this at UCV Sunset here in LA. But it's been something that has fascinated me for a long time because I've always been into comedy. I love going to stand up shows and improv shows. And I tried stand up before, but until the last several months, I hadn't tried improv. And I figured, why not just take a class, see how it goes? And it's a good skill also to have for an aspiring writer like me, just being able to pitch into people's ideas in a writer's room acquiring that skill to just generate ideas in the moment. And I gave it a shot. I took a one-on-one class and it was fun. And I just realized there's so much more to it than what I had previously imagined. Cause I thought, oh, you just get up there. You say the first thing that comes to mind and whatever, but there's actually a structure and there yeah. are rules and there's like kind of a right way to go about it. And it was really cool to actually try something that was so outside of my comfort zone and at the end of the class, you do a show and you invite your friends and family and it's super cute. And That's awesome. Yeah. And I remember like in my show there, I, I got to do three scenes. One of them was okay. One of them was like actually pretty good and got a lot of laughs. And one of them was really bad. But like that's the nature of the game. Like you're going to have some really good scenes and some okay ones and totally. some that just don't land. And it was fun just to try it. Yeah. You know, it's actually funny, like speaking along those lines, I watched Ellen DeGeneres' stand-up on Netflix. She just did a, uh, like a, her first stand-up special in like 15 years or something. Yeah, I think it's called Relatable. Yeah, Relatable. Yeah. 
And I just, it's, it's so good. But the reason why I love Ellen's humor or like appreciate, like there's a few comedians that I really love who are so good at being funny without being vulgar yes. or offensive yeah. or political or like without making fun of somebody else. Like their humor is not at the expense of anybody. Right. And it's like, to me, that's such talent. And it, and it's hilariously funny too. It's just like pointing out everyday things that like we all do, but we don't like, nobody thinks about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I really respect comedians who don't have to, like you say, like put someone down to lift themselves totally. up. Like my favorite comedian is Maz Jobrani. And he yeah. does such a good job of that. So it's Ellen, Ellen too. And I love Sebastian yeah. Maniscalco. Oh, he's funny. He's, he's really so funny. Good. Yeah. He's like my favorite. But yeah, it's also, and, and I love um, something that actually I've taken from Ellen with um, like in, in terms of the way we met is she ends every one of her talk shows with like, be kind to one another. And I just love that. And I like, I think about it all the time because something I really wanted to do with the way we met, like as cliche or corny as it sounds, is like, I just wanted to lift people up. Like, it's not even just so much about relationships or about lo like romantic love. It's just about love, like love in general, um, in our community, in our neighborhoods, like within our friend circles, our families, whatever that is. I just, I think our world just like needs so much more love and kindness. And so that's something that I love about her and have like really tried to implement into my own into my own thing so that's awesome yeah is there something recently that has sparked your curiosity <sighs> um god this you're really putting me on the spot here with this it could be um, anything it doesn't have to be anything profound i'm trying to think ben i don't know like i'm always thinking my brain's always moving like a million miles a minute yeah. but i just like i have so much going on every day that it's i don't know i'm just like like being in my mind, I, I, it's exhausting. Like yeah. I feel bad for anyone who like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's fair. All right. Well, we'll have to come back. To we'll that come one. back to that. And we'll yeah. come back to that. So let's talk a little, let's go back to the beginning of the journey. How did you, how did you even think to take the step of starting this account the way we met? Yeah. So everyone like always asks me this question and it's funny because, um, like, I feel like sometimes the simplest of ideas are the best. And like in hindsight, well, people look at it now and they're just like, it's such a simple idea, but like, but nobody was doing it, you know? And I don't know. I was always somebody that was super curious about relationships. Like I had been the girl that was like always like a serial monogamist, I guess you can say. Like I, I was in my first serious relationship when I was 16 and then um, like had a relationship for five years and then had another like serious boyfriend right after that. So I just was like always this girl that was like in relationships and my friends always came to me for relationship advice. And so I just loved talking about relationships. And when I would meet a couple, the first thing I would always say is like, oh, how did you guys meet? And I loved knowing those stories. And so one day it just kind of like clicked, like this could be something because I know how much I love to hear about them. And it just like clicked, like I'm sure other people love hearing about it too. And like, um, it just left a space for so much engagement. Like people like to comment and then be like, oh my God, like I met my husband in the same way, or I met my boyfriend doing this or like, like it's crazy how much conversation gets sparked by this topic. And so I love it. Yeah. It's so cool to read stories that you've posted of couples because in the specificity, you find 
a commonality, which is weird because you think like the more specific the stories get, the more insular they might become. But no, you're like, oh no, like I, I met my girlfriend or boyfriend that way, or I, my friends met that way. Yeah, well, I'll cool. be honest with yeah. you. Like in the beginning, I tried to find like every time I'd post a story, I'd be like, okay, this has to be something that I've never written about before. Like, and I was trying to find like all these crazy ways that couples met. And like, I have a lot of really interesting stories of how people have met, but eventually they start to overlap a bit, you know, like now it's like, okay, I have a few people that have met on a subway. I've had, I have a few people that have like met at a grocery store or whatever it is. Like there's all there eventually like there becomes an overlap, but right. yeah. But, but I think, I think, many, it's, I think yeah. it's like not even so much the beauty in it is after doing this, you know, since I started the way we met in 2015 and it's become so much more than how the couples meet. Like actually that happens to you. Like now the way that I center my stories are, that's just sometimes a detail in the story or the overall picture, which is really, you know, this beautiful love story. Or maybe it's something tragic that a couple went through and overcame. Or maybe it's just something, maybe it's a story that I just share trying to like change people's minds about something, you know? Um, like a perfect example would be like recently I got a story from a couple um, that is a gay female couple. And the one, one of the women just, she didn't know that she was gay, like, but she knew that she never felt the way towards men that she quote unquote, like should have felt, but she never could like really pinpoint it. But I think it was just so repressed. Like society had just told her that it was one way. And and so she was just so repressed. But I think it was like a really eye-opening story for people to read because I think people think like, oh, well, if you're gay, you always know. And sometimes that's not the case, you know? And this person, she really didn't know. And she kind of says that it wasn't so much like gay or straight. It was like the soul of the person that she's with now that she fell in love with, you know? So I just think that there's so many beautiful stories of people finding love and like expanding you know, expanding or like pushing boundaries, I guess you can say of what, of how we previously used to do things and just opening people's eyes that there's, there's a lot of different ways to find love. Amazing. <laughs> Those are such beautiful, vulnerable stories. How do you think you've gotten strangers to open up in that way? I think so. So to be honest with you, I think that that is like my little magical gift, you know, like I think that truly is what is kind of made the way we met I guess, successful. Um, I, I study journalism um, and I always just have all, just been naturally curious about people, like always inquisitive, always asking a hundred questions. But I think it's also about being sensitive and knowing how to ask questions in the right way. Totally. So, and you have to like, I just yeah, forgive me. I'm yeah. getting over a bit of a cold. <laughs> yeah, so. no worries. No worries. <clears throat> so in terms of crafting questions in a in a way where you can inspire good answers do you have any tips or things you've learned that have helped you yeah I think just like also sharing a bit of your own journey with people helps them to feel more comfortable and I think that you know just coming from a place of sympathy and um you know just just being understanding and sensitive in the way that you deliver things or ask things. And I always say to people like, you know, I'm really curious. You <clears throat> like briefly mentioned this one thing and I would love to hear more about it. But if you don't feel comfortable, I totally understand, you know? So, and then people are all, most of the time are like, oh my God, no, 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 no. Like, 
Um, and the other thing I always say is like, you know, um, I'll say to somebody like, I understand if you don't want to share this one tidbit, but it could inspire so many people who are going through something very similar. So you actually follow up with some of your submissions if there's something in there that you'd like to ideally see the person oh, elaborate yeah. on? Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, so it's very, yeah, I think that that is one of the biggest misconceptions is that people think that I get emailed these stories and I just like post them to my account and like, that's it. But I, they are pretty heavily curated by me. Um, you know, every, all the facts about the story and how the couple met, all of it is hundred percent real. Um, but when I say they're curated by me, they're curated in the sense that I do sit down with each couple and, um, try and find out more about their story or like, it's funny, like sometimes people will send me a story and they'll write like one sentence about something that I'm like, no, that's the story. Like it'll be that one sentence that they just like flew by. Like they think it's like a small detail in their like love story where I'm like, no, that's the little gold nugget. Like that's, that's the thing that I want to touch on. So sometimes like I'll call people and be like, listen, I love your story. It's all great. But I really, I'm dying to know more about this one aspect. And sometimes people don't even see it. They don't even see that that's the magical part of their story or that's the expansive part of their story that's going to help so many other people. And so I think that that's kind of my job is when weeding through these emails is finding those little pieces of inspiration that immediately click in my head to say, okay, stop. This is this is something here. This is something that could be really expansive for everybody who's reading and help somebody or give somebody inspiration or hope um, you know, that they too can find love. So is that kind of the barometer of which submissions end up getting posted? Cause I'm sure you get so many that you must have some kind of criteria now. Yeah. Well, I think like I try and switch it up. You know, I don't, it's, I don't always try and be so heavy. Um, sometimes I love like the good funny stories of like just a crazy coincidence of how a couple met. Um, sometimes I love the story that's like, okay. Um, a lot I've got recently, I've actually had a lot of requests from, women in their mid thirties or forties or fifties being like, can you post more stories of like older people finding love? Um, so it kind of just depends on like requests that I'm getting from people. Um, if I've shared, if I like, if the day before I shared like a really hard hitting heavy story where people were like crying and were a mess, I'm like, okay, maybe it's time for something a little lighter today. Um, you know, and also just try and have diversity and variety and, and include, everybody too so yeah i speaking of diversity i think that's a really interesting point because i remember way back when when we first met you were frustrated because you noticed a trend that whenever you posted an interracial couple you lost followers yeah interracial or like a same-sex couple yeah yeah is that still happening um yeah i would say that i think it's gotten a little bit better i think people are a little bit more accepting. And I think also I've built this kind of community too, where people know that I won't stand for it. Like if somebody writes like a mean comment or something, like I'm pretty quick to delete it. Or if I'm not like paying attention to it, I have, it's funny, like everybody, like a lot of the followers that I have now will jump in and they'll like, you know, shut somebody else down who's being a bully. So it's kind of like this really cool community that I've built. Um, you know, everyone kind of sticks up for each other. And I think that I feel like I have more of I've I've more permission now to um, post the stories that may not be the most loved or most like accepted, I guess you can say, um, because um, I just have learned to not care. The mission is so much bigger. And um, I also I actually also love the change that Instagram made 
with not showing the amount of likes on each post now. I like how it just says like, you know, there's no like number anymore because I think people stop focusing on that and um, are feeling more free to just post whatever instead of posting the thing that they think is going to get the most likes. Yeah. How has, because so much of what you're doing kind of hinges on social media to help you get that reach. How have you had to tailor your approach as algorithms and social media has changed over the years? I do you know do you know who Gary Vee is? Yeah, I yeah. love him. I mean, he always he talks so much about the algorithm changes and he talks he's like a huge advocate of of the likes not being shown anymore because he says like this is what we needed. Like um a perfect example is I posted a really great story about this um, couple and the woman is beautiful. And I asked her, you know, she had, I realized that she had a pretty decent following herself. So I asked her like, would you mind reposting this on your page to kind of like draw some people to mine? Excuse me. And she was like, you know what I would, but I've realized that anytime I post a picture, that's like not just of just me, but like with my husband as well, I lose a ton of followers. So, you know, Gary Vee says, like, we have to stop focusing on that. Like, we have to stop focusing on, like, oh, I'm going to just post the picture or post the thing that just gets the most likes versus um, posting the thing that's the most authentic to you or posting the thing that's going to make the biggest difference or the biggest change. And so I think that getting rid of likes was, like, a a great win. Um, it, It doesn't really affect my business either way. If anything, it's may be beneficial for me because I feel more free to post the things that won't necessarily get the most likes or engagement. Um, and as long as, you know, my, my overall number of followers is staying, you know, pretty consistent or growing, then that it's all good, you know? And sometimes yeah. it, sometimes like, um, it's good to like, it's like the, when people say bad publicity is good publicity, sometimes it is good to kind of post that like controversial story because it gets people talking and sometimes that's a win too. So you just kind of have to see it that way. Yeah. You're at a point now where you can think a bit about social media algorithms and such, but back when you first started, how did you even get the word out to build up followers? Were you just banking on friends and family? So um, I was a part of this Facebook group called Girls Night Out. And Still around. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's an yeah. amazing resource. Like yeah. I seriously, oh my God, I owe so much to this group. They really helped me launch the way we met and keep this business going. And I, it's been a resource for so many things along the way. Um, it's just like a great community of women who live mainly in New York and LA. I think they might have a DC. Do I'm they? not sure. My girlfriend was running, she was a co-host for their LA book club. Okay. I think they're, they're might be winding that down or putting that on pause for a moment, but I, I'm familiar with it a bit through her and it's yeah. a cool community. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's, and you know, it's just, it's just women like giving each other advice, um, from anything as stupid as like, Oh, I'm looking for like a great hairdresser in LA. And then everyone will like comment. But so I posted one day, like, Hey guys, like I'm, I started this website and I'm just like looking to post really cool stories about how couples meet. Like, do any of you guys have a great story about how you met your significant other? And what's interesting is like, whenever you post in this group, you know, you'll get like a couple of responses, but what happened and why I knew that this was going to be something was I posted and an hour later I checked back and there was not only so many comments, but people engaging with each other's comments, which like really was a light bulb in my head. Like it wasn't just like people posting like their responses and then like 
moving along. Everybody was engaging with each other's responses and making conversation. And I was just like, wow, this is something people really love to talk about. But it really launched my platform because I was able to get like to gather so many initial like so many of those initial stories. Um, So I did it that way. And then, you know, I just was lucky. I was I was one of um, before they even had a name for influencers, you know, before that was even a thing. Um, I just, I was kind of, um, you know, a pioneer in that movement, I guess you can say before they even knew what to call us. Um, but I got a lot of press in the beginning, a lot of publications that reached out to me and were just like, we heard of what you're doing. We think it's really cool. So, you know, once I started getting those press hits online and, you know, doing some TV appearances, the word just got out and my, my, my numbers were growing and, then I just had a ton of email submissions and yeah, that's how I've been doing it ever since. That's awesome. Did yeah. you feel, because I feel like TV, going on TV is, can, can be a big step. You know, somebody could be very comfortable curating an account, but then going in front of a big audience, like you were on Good Morning America, yeah. right? Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. So how did you feel prepared and confident? Do you think maybe your journalism background kind of helped you or were there other things that also came into play? Well, that's a really good question. It's also kind of multi-layered but um I actually moved out to LA wanting to be an actress and a singer I wanted to be in front of the camera um but I was I had like a very interesting journey where I think that I kind of hid from the spotlight but not on a totally conscious level like a bit on a a bit subconsciously the thing that I thought that I wanted the most I was actually pushing away because I was very afraid of it I was very afraid of the spotlight and even though I thought that like I wanted that you know and so what was interesting is after running this account for a few years I had multiple people in my life point out like you never really share anything about yourself. This is an account all about couples and like, you know, their stories and like nobody even knows who's running this thing, you know, unless you're like, unless you go and read one of the write-ups online or you see my appearances on TV, you really don't hear much about me. And so, um, you know, I kind of was doing a lot of work on myself, especially like within the past year where I was seeing a therapist and I was And I was kind of, I started to make an effort to allow myself to be seen and my story to be heard a little bit more on the site, which was hard. You know, I started doing like the Instagram lives and like, um, just starting to put a face to the, to the account of like who runs it and my story. And I think that I was really way more afraid of that than I ever realized. Like, I think the appearances on Good Morning America or, um, you know, when I would go on TV for like these couple minute um, episodes, I could still curate it enough. Like I felt like I still had enough control to kind of contain it within those short time slots. Whereas, you know, when I go on a live and people are just written, like shooting out questions, that kind of forces me to be a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more on the spot. Um, but yeah, like even like showing up to something like this, I, I force myself to do it now because I'm like, this is important. Um to show up, especially on an account where I'm asking everybody else to show up, you know? So I think that that's something that I'm trying to hold myself accountable to do. And um, I think it's also only been beneficial for myself and for the account also, because people like to know my story. They like to know who the person is behind it. And um, they've, and everyone has been like super supportive too, which is awesome. Like 
the community that I've built, I feel really lucky because they always send me like positive messages and are just like so encouraging when I'm like, they could very well like be a bunch of bullies and be, you know, not nice, but, but luckily that's really not the case. So that's it's been pretty cool to see. It's encouraging to hear that not only have you empowered your community by giving couples a platform, but also that they've empowered you in a way, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's funny because I think like if this were like a movie, right? Like I think the ending would be kind of like my own journey to self-love, if you will, yeah. you know, like, and it's crazy, but it's true. Like I, I, I was spending so much time posting everybody's like fairy tales and love stories and, you know, it's great and it's been amazing. But I think that if I'm being honest with myself, that was one of the things that I was, I wasn't being totally authentic about was that I was a little, that I wasn't showing up or sharing my own story with people because I was afraid, you know, and I was afraid to be vulnerable and I was afraid to put myself out there and it's scary and it's hard. Like with the improv stuff that you were talking about earlier, like, oh my God, like that to me is like, it takes so much courage to do because you have to, not only is everybody like looking at you and you're like, you have to be on point, but you have to make people laugh. Like you, you are looking for a reaction to, to your performance. It's real time feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And it's scary. And, and, um, you know, especially in a, in a society where we have such a curated, um, stage, you know, like people post a photo and if they're not getting the feedback they like, they delete it, you know, and that's, that's, that there shouldn't, that's not how it should be. You know, people should, um, cause you don't get, you, sh- you don't get take backs in life, you know? So, um, yeah, I think there's just something really cool about being on the spot and stepping up in that light and just for forcing yourself to be candid. You know, like I didn't read any of these questions that you sent me today. Like I just kind of like learning to trust yourself and, um, whatever happens, happens. And, and you can be okay with that at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. What What's really resonating with me that especially I think is how not only has the site evolved and grown and transformed, but the creator, you, has also evolved Thank and transformed, you. which is which is really special. It's actually interesting to hear you say it like that yeah. and kind of cool also. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, have you seen, how have you seen dating change and evolve through the years? So, well, as I was kind of saying earlier with like Aziz's book, um, like those trends are pretty accurate. Like if you think about it, our parents, when they were growing up, like you dated somebody that like lived down the street, like you, you dated somebody that was in very close proximity, um, or like you were introduced through a friend or it was very local, you know, and, um, people didn't really expand much beyond that. But, but something that I love to say is like, if you, if, if people, if you really do believe in the concept of soulmates, or if you think that there's one person in the world for you, I don't, but a lot of people do. But, and if, and if you think that way, like what makes you think that that person's going to like live, live down the street from you, you know, like there's a whole world of people. And so I think what's cool about the way the world has changed in the sense of social media and technology is that we do have access to reaching people in further distances and expanding our circle that way. Um, But then there also comes the issues with that as well. Like people have more options now and with more options, like studies will show that 
the more options, the harder it is for someone to make a decision. The paradox of choice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you know about the famous like jam jam study? Remind it, me, remind me. I so it's like there was a study they did like I don't even know when it was, but it's like a famous it's famous in like psychology about how they were selling jars of jam at a grocery store. And when they were selling only three flavors of jam, they were making a lot more sales than when they upped it from three to six. Because people are overwhelmed. Because people were too overwhelmed to make a decision. And right. so that's kind of the um, the structure that we have now with um, all of these dating apps is that we have so many choices that people often feel they don't want to settle or they don't want to commit or that they don't even need to make a decision because they can just swipe and there's another another person. So... Um, while I think we there's a lot of benefits to the technology, there's also the setbacks. Um, the other change is that uh, people are settling down a lot later. Um, you know, and and it's interesting because um, women's biological clocks have not changed. Biology has not changed, right? Like that's still what it is, but um, I think that women are feeling more empowered to have careers and to like make, do something with their life before settling down and having families. Um, I did actually share like a really good story about a woman who um, like froze her eggs and like went through that whole journey. And that resonated with a lot of people because it's not something that everyone talks about, you know? And she said, everyone told her, just settle down, settle down. She was somebody that loved to travel. Everyone's like, you have to stop traveling. You have to stay, you have to start dating and being serious about dating. She was like, no, I just, I love to travel and I'm going to keep doing what I love. And then she ended up meeting the love of her life in Ibiza of all places while she was traveling. And, you know, she, she luckily she froze her eggs and she was able to have children. I think, it, I think she was like 36 or 37, but the point is, is that while biology isn't changing, we do have technology to kind of help us. Um, and I think that a lot of those stories I've noticed, especially lately, are like really resonating with women. Like women want the permission to know that it's okay to wait and to know that like it's okay to like figure out their dreams first before they sacrifice it all for a family and that they can have both. Um, like I can't even tell you would be so surprised how many messages I get from 30 something year old women being like, do I have time? Am I okay? Like, am I like people freak out, you know? And, and I love that I can offer stories that kind of give people that permission of like, this person had it all and you can too, you know, and you don't have to sacrifice those things and the right person will come along and only support your dreams and, and, and support, you know, the path that you're on. So that's so remarkable because in a way you've not just become the creator of this awesome account, but you've also become a sounding board and I guess a therapist, <laughs> therapist, in, therapist a way, right? in a way, right? So what is that, what is that like for you? Has it been fun? Has it been stressful? How have you equipped yourself to take that on? God, that's a good question. I mean, I guess I just feel like a bit of a responsibility at this point. And like, there have been times where it's been really hard. Like I actually took, I don't even know if you know this, but I actually took a full year off of like the way we met. I went back to the corporate world. Um, 
I got a position that I really couldn't turn down. And to be honest with you, it was like, it was nice. Like it was nice to go back to the corporate world for a short period of time. I liked the consistent paycheck. I liked having benefits. I liked, but, but being at an office nine to five was really tough and it sucks for the creative process. And it just wasn't me at all. Um, but my point is, is that it really helped me to kind of recharge. Like I taking a year off from the way we met, I had no idea how bad I needed it. You know, I think I, I, I think that I had, I was so burnt out and like just constantly listening to everyone's stories and sharing them and curating them and, and listening to people and talking to people. And while that's like one of my biggest passions and I love it, um, I don't think that I even was aware of how badly I needed a break from it. And then once I left my corporate job after a year and I dived back into it, I was like so ready to go. Like I was so excited and and I was able to like come in and like see things from a different perspective. And I had a new mission. Like I really did this last time when I came around, I think because of the permission that I gave myself to love myself and like the journey of self-love I'd been on, I really came back in with this mission of like, okay, it's time to empower people to love themselves. Like that was something that I never really was doing before. It was always about find your person, find the relationship that makes you great. And now, like if you read, especially in the past couple months, my account, it's so preachy about self-love because I just think that that is like something that our world needs so much. And um, we're looking so, everybody is looking outside of themselves to try and find happiness when really, that comes from within, you know? And so I think that before you find your love story with somebody else, it, you really need to find out who you are and be good with who you are. Like genuinely be in a place where you're an authentic version of yourself. You're the best version of yourself. And that doesn't mean that we all don't, none, that we don't have bad days or messy days or we don't fall apart because we're humans. We do. But I think like the one thing I can't drive home enough is just like that, that authentic, that authenticity, like really being comfortable in your skin, knowing who you are, knowing what you want out of life. Because until you have that, then it's going to be very hard to find somebody that really fits into your life. I really admire how you've dived in with a mission and it's more than just an Instagram or a Facebook page. Like there's so much more behind it that's driving it. And even beyond just the social media accounts, you, you know, teamed up with Zales at one point and were in charge of creating some content for them and you've partnered with other brands. Can you talk a little bit about how you've taken your mission and collaborated with other brands to, you know, expand your reach and manifest it further? Yeah, um, I, I've been like really grateful and lucky. I've had a lot of great sponsors. Um, but if I'm being 100% honest, I think that um, all of that was kind of stuff that I worked on before I went back to the corporate world and before I dived back in this past year and really kind of changed my mission, um, before it felt a lot more curated. And um, I think that it was hard for me because maybe I didn't totally, there might've been a time where I totally, I don't know if I necessarily believed in the mission of what I was doing. And that's hard, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of tangle yourself in a web where Suddenly you look at something you created and you're like, am I being totally honest? Like, am I totally representing what I believe or what I feel? And I think that I got a little, a little, um, how do I explain it? Like, 
I was constantly sharing all these stories about love with a romantic partner, finding your soulmate, finding your love. And it became like kind of upsetting for me because as a, as a person, I really don't believe that that's all that life is about or like that people should put so much focus on that. Like, um, somebody was saying to me the other day, you know, I haven't met my person, blah, blah, blah. And I said, in the meantime, before you find your person, there's so much love that you can be giving to your family, to your community, to a friend in need, to your nieces, your nephews, to your grandfather, your grandmother. Like people are so focused on this romantic love that they tend to neglect all of the love that can be given in other areas. And so while I love all of, all of the things that I was able to, to accomplish with my account and all of the amazing sponsors I worked with, I think the way that the mission changed, if I'm being very honest, is just focusing on empowering people to also love themselves and to go into relationships with other people authentic. It's cool that you were able to find that honesty and that a little distance went a long way, right? And I think in the latest iteration of your vision, you know, you've expanded and now have gone into your own clothing line. And I think you've incorporated some of your messages that are so inspiring in that clothing. And can you talk a little bit about how now with this, you know, recharge energy into your vision, how you've decided like, okay, this is a cool avenue to explore. Yeah. Well, so like there's, there's, there's actually this woman named Lacey Phillips. She's, she has a podcast. She's amazing. But she talks about magnetism a lot and she talks about how when you're genuinely being your authentic self, you tend to be like a magnet. You tend to magnetize people so much easier into your life. And so when I was when I really started like kind of preaching the self-love stuff, that was so true to who I was at the time. And I was being so honest that it really I, I felt like it resonated with so many people and it just was effortless. So if there's somebody out there right now who's who's very inspired by the movement you've created and has an idea for their own kind of movement, how do you how do you suggest they go about it? Do you have any advice for somebody who, you know, has the same spirit you had that when you were creating? Yeah, I mean, um there are going to be so many people that like don't understand your vision and don't think that what you're doing makes sense or they're going to tell you to go back to the corporate world. The thing that you have to realize about other people's opinions is they're always a projection of what that person feels about themselves and and their capabilities. So don't ever listen to somebody. If anybody's ever telling you that you can't do something, it's because they don't believe that they can do it or they didn't see it possible for themselves or they just don't have a big enough vision you know, some people just are are small minded or they think in a box or they think there's one way to do something. And and that's OK. Like we our world needs that balancing act. Like we need people that are just kind of simple and and live that one way. But then we also need the big dreamers and the doers. And um, I just think always listen to your inner intuition and that voice inside as cliche as it sounds. Every time I've gone against that voice, I've regretted it. And every time I've listened to that voice, I've been way happier. So I think that always trust yourself first and foremost. And if it's a skill that you haven't 
mastered yet, or I don't know if you ever master it, but if it's a skill that you're not comfortable with yet, just start there. Just start learning to trust yourself. Just start learning to make decisions every day and be like, okay, I feel good because I made that decision myself. I didn't ask anybody else. I didn't need permission. I made it and I'm living with it. And just to do that, I think is, is, is like a big step. I mean, this has been a such a therapeutic conversation. I know. I feel general. like I've been really deep, and also sorry for choking midway. No, through the no, interview. it's all good. It's all good. Are you okay? You're good. No, I'm great. All right, yeah. good. All right. Well, we've had a very therapeutic conversation. We'll ramp it down a bit with just some silly, fun Why questions. Why am I so heavy? I'm sorry. Like I'm no. so. I just no, go I, deep. No, there's no reason to apologize. Okay, this is good. this is what this is the beauty of the podcasting platform. Like, you can go deeper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I mean, like. Yeah, well, now I'm analyzing if I was too analytical, but no, that's, that's the that's the neurotic part of you. Let him let him take a backseat for a second. Um, so, just ramping into some of these fun questions. If you could wake up tomorrow, having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? Um, the ability to just not care what people think about me. Like, I've come a long way of caring way less about people's opinions, but I think it's still. I think it still cripples me from totally doing everything that I want to do. I think, I think if I could just truly not care about anyone else's opinion, like just not having fear, like even with the improv stuff, yeah. if I truly didn't have like fear of like being in front of people, I would just go for it, you know, but it's hard. It, it yeah, does. Easier it does said hold, than done. Yeah. It's way yeah. easier said than done. Totally. What's something you can't travel without? Um, God, what can I not travel without? I mean, I'm like, this is such a stupid answer, but I have like my like skin cream stuff that like when I get off the plane and my skin is super dry, like I need my like hyaluronic acid. I know this sounds ridiculous, but truly that's what I can't travel without. Planes can be very dehydrated. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. You get off, your skin <laughs> is so dry. My friend and I always laugh too that you're like puffy. Like you're like when we get off the planes, like our rings don't fit anymore. Like we can't get them off. We're like, what is it about? And they're just like, yeah, it's you get sick. Like that's I sw I think that's how I, yeah. I got this cold is I was like on this plane. It was like a five hour plane ride from Miami back to LA. Yeah, so. especially if somebody on that plane is sick. Oh, that yeah. air is it's like a yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah, yeah. Not ideal. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? So like I was telling you earlier, that it's it it depends. I always try and get into a routine where I work out first thing in the morning. It doesn't always happen. Um, but if I can start my morning with a run, oh my God, like it's a totally different day. Like I'm a different, I, I can take on the world after a run in the morning. <laughs> um, but if I don't, um, I also will try and like take my dog to the dog park. Cause it's also really nice, like getting his energy out and not having to worry about that. Um, but my day always, always, always starts with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Cannot live without a cup. I can't even like think without a cup of coffee so. fair enough what's an app on your phone that you can't live without and let's say not the phone app or the text spotify app. spotify i love my music yeah. yeah and and podcasts yeah i love podcasts like then this is a great tip for like entrepreneurs or anybody starting out their own business like you know how there's like that quote about how like you become the five people you surround yourself yeah. with the most yeah. so there was a point in time like if if you're an entrepreneur, you're starting your own thing, it can be very lonely and isolating, like very lonely and isolating. And it can also be hard. It can also be hard to get motivated. So, and like I was struggling because I was like, God, like if I'm becoming my, the five person I'm around the most, like 
am I becoming like my dog in this like cactus plant? Like what, what am I becoming? You know? So the thing that I started doing was like, I just started being like, okay, Gary V is my best friend. Like, like Lewis Howes, like just entrepreneurs that I admire. I just started listening to their podcasts and started making them the voices like that were in my head every day, every day. Like they became my mentors, even though they don't know me, they became my mentors. I started listening to them and, and religiously, um, tuning into what they're doing because, you know, they're amazing and, and they're inspiring. And so like, look at your circle of people, like, who are you surrounding yourself with? What are you putting into your head every day? What are you reading? What are you watching? Pay attention to all of that stuff because it matters and it, and it, and it, becomes the summer of who you are. So I think, um, you are what you consume. Yeah, for sure. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of that, we always finish by asking our guests, what's your jam jam as in sung? Cause we're going to create a Spotify playlist of all our guests recommendations. Okay. False alarm. Um, by it's like Matoma featuring Becky Hill. Okay. You're going to love it. All right. Oh I'll have God. to check it out. It, it will. It's, it's the best song ever. Recently, that's been like I when I play it while I'm running, I like seriously, I'm like Hussein Bolt. Like I can just like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. That's awesome. And if people listening would like to learn more about the way we met and you, how can they follow along? Please follow me at the way we met on Facebook and Instagram. It's spelled exactly how it sounds, the way we met, and check out my sweatshirts. They're dope and they're. Seriously, Ben, they're so comfortable. Like I created a really premium product. Like I spend a lot for the actual sweatshirt. I don't like, they're not like imported from China, 10 cents, like crappy stuff. They're quality, like you'll never take it off. Um, and I'm super proud of this line and what it represents. Um, so everyone check that out. And yeah. Stay tuned. It. Also, you have a podcast coming out soon. I can't make Maybe. any promises right Fair now. Enough. I have a podcast set up in my apartment. Yeah. Um, but I'm I have my hands very full with with everything. But I'm I'm really hoping I get around to doing that. Fair enough. And if you'd like to follow this podcast, you can do that at H D Y D Pod. Thank you, Brooklyn. Thank you. It was thanks, a real pleasure. Thanks for having me, Ben. Of course.